0: Welcome to the Climate Imperative, the podcast that dives deep into the actions and strategies of influential leaders in business and government as they tackle the pressing issues of climate change. Your hosts, Charlie and Michael, bring with them decades of technology and customer journey experience at companies like HP, Citrix, Sage, and Yahoo, and will bring you guests that want to share ideas for a more sustainable and resilient world. Let's go. On today's episode of The Climate Imperative, we're going to be talking with Kate Chilton of BamCore, discussing their innovative approach to creating building materials using bamboo and eucalyptus, and how these building materials are going to revolutionize the future of the built environment. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Welcome, Kate. Thanks for joining us here today.
1: Thanks for having me. It's good to be here.
0: Absolutely. So tell us a bit about yourself, your role, and about Bancorp.
1: Sure. So I um, was born and raised in Southern California, just outside of Los Angeles. I attended the Ross School of Business for undergrad at the University of Michigan. And then I moved to Boston, where I started my career in consulting at Accenture. And I decided to leave corporate America and follow my passion for sustainability, as well as give the the startup life a try. And so that's how I found my way to BAMCOR where I am now. I'm based in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm one of our fully remote employees. And I joined BAMCOR initially as chief of staff to the CEO, but I've since taken on the chief sustainability officer role as well. So it's a startup. We all wear many hats. And I think it's really ideal for the same person to be playing both of these roles, mostly because they're very cross-functional in nature. And as I like to say, you know, sustainability should be built in, not bolted on. And so it's really good that we have someone that is, you know, working across all different aspects of the business, viewing things through a sustainability lens. And so I work really closely with our chief marketing officer and our CBO, helping to bring our sustainability story to customers and investors. I support our lead product engineer, helping to find ways to further increase the carbon negativity of our product. Um, I help our sourcing teams in Latin America find new sources of fiber. So so I really have my hands in a bit of everything. Um, And so that that brings us to BAMCOR. Our mission is to decarbonize the built environment by harnessing the best of nature and technology. Why are we f- focusing on the built environment? Well, it's responsible for 40% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Roughly two-thirds of that is from building operations and their energy use. And then an additional third of that is from the building and making of materials that go into buildings, as well as that construction process. It's called embodied carbon. And what we're doing at Bamcore is really transforming buildings into climate- solutions while simultaneously solving for a lot of the key pain points that the construction industry is facing by leveraging these super strong, really fast growing biogenic fibers. And so we're doing that by changing both what buildings are built with their materials, as well as how they're built or the methods. And so our in-market in product is called the Prime Wall. It is a dual panel framing system for low rise buildings, mostly residential. And it's a very unique product in the sense that it tackles both this upfront embodied carbon that I just mentioned. We have a lower carbon footprint because we use these fast growing fibers that are bio-based. And then we also are tackling operating carbon. And so by redesigning the way the, the envelope of the building is constructed, it's much more thermally um superior. And so there's better energy efficiency and lower energy use overall. So we're really unique in the sense that our, our solution tackles both of the those things. Um, you know, most of our competitors, they typically target one or the other, and sometimes at the expense of the other. So you can think of Things like insulation that are trying to help with the thermal performance, but they can be really high in embodied carbon.
0: That's a mind-blowing stat that I don't think a lot of people really understand. When we talk about carbon neutrality, net zero goals with organizations, the first thing people jump to is let's bolt solar onto our roof, or we're going to put EV chargers in our parking lot, or we're going to only have almond milk in our refrigerators, and it's it's the idea of great, you're starting to think about it. But if you want to really make a dent, the built environment really is a place to begin considering that 40% number. And I think the thing to add to that, uh, Charlie, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The current forecast is that every month for the next two to three decades, a New York City's worth of construction is going to take place on the face of our planet And if that is going to include steel, aluminum, and concrete, it's my belief, and I'm only kind of generalizing this, but it's my belief that a lot of the 2030, 40, and 50 goals can't possibly be met with that type of embodied carbon and the production-based carbon that is going to be impacting or or entering the environment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it is mind blowing. It's the most important high hanging fruit, as we like to say. You know, if it was easy, it would have been done by now. And so, we're we're definitely up for the challenge here at Bambora.
0: So, you talk about bamboo. You're also doing work with eucalyptus. Can you talk a little bit about those two materials as choices for products compared to other bio based materials or non bio based materials?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. I'd say there's really two reasons why using bamboo and eucalyptus are sort of revolutionary in the built world. Um, the first has to do with a shift to biobased materials. So like you just said, cement, iron, steel and aluminum are the highest embodied carbon materials and the built environment is the primary end user of all of them. So whenever we can replace embodied carbon materials with biogenic materials, that's a win for the climate. It's sometimes called the substitution benefit or the displacement factor. It's essentially the overall climate benefit of substituting fossil fuel based materials with bio based products. Now, the second reason is a shift to fast growing fibers. So using biogenic materials, that's not inherently new, what has been used in construction for thousands of years. What's new is that we're using fibers that have really short rotation periods. So this is the time between harvest or harvests. And that is important to understand because the main carbon benefit of bio-based construction is not the transfer of biogenic carbon from nature to the building stock. It's the new plant that replaces the harvested plant and that sequesters extra carbon. And so the rotation period of trees can be decades long, 25, 75, even 90 years, yet the decisive decade to fight the climate is right now. And so I'll start with bamboo because that's where Bamcor's origins lie bamboo is a grass, common misconception. And so because it's a grass, it grows very differently than wood. And so a clump of bamboo reaches maturity, depending on the location and the species, anywhere from as little as three years, but typically five to seven years, whereas in contrast, wood, you know, it usually takes decades to reach maturity. And then once a bamboo stand is mature, about 20% of it, can be harvested every year while leaving the remaining combs intact. And what this does is it allows the rhizome underground to push up new shoots that replace that harvested comb. And because it grows so fast, the replacement comb can grow to its full height in just one growing season. And so you can have this really powerful perpetual um, source of fiber and carbon sequestration without needing to clear cut. That's one of the really big benefits of bamboo over wood. The way wood and most tree species grow is that sunlight is a big competitor. It's a big determinant of growth that compete over sunlight. And so you have to clear cut the whole thing when you harvest it. But with bamboo, because you have this inner cutting, it, it doesn't disrupt the soil as much. There's far less impacts to biodiversity and you don't have this really big emissions event and release of carbon into the atmosphere when you harvest. That's bamboo. And then eucalyptus uh, we think is actually you know more similar to bamboo than some of its wood cousins in the sense of its speed of regrowth. So you can actually harvest eucalyptus for engineered wood products in 12 to 15 years. And they also have much higher productivity than pinus species, which are the ones that are commonly used, which means that they grow more volumes of wood per hectare per year. And so combine these two traits of eucalyptus make it really, really powerful from a carbon removal perspective. And then on top of that, just to, you know, to add to all the benefits, Both of these species can be planted on degraded lands, which many other tree species cannot. They thrive in these environments. And so that means that they can be really powerful afforestation and reforestation tools, and they can really solve for dual goals of soil restoration and carbon sequestration.
0: What are some of the challenges and obstacles that are involved in the bamboo and or eucalyptus production and how do you overcome them?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So, plywood manufacturing has had a really long time to develop and become increasingly efficient. You know, for example, a lot of the mills that we work with, and and mills generally speaking, they use their biomass waste for co-generation of heat and electricity right at the mill. They have machines that are designed to really efficiently peel and cut and process the plywood. Whereas bamboo, I'll start with bamboo, has not had that same um, attention to manufacturing. And so the process to manufacture combs into what we call slats, you can do whole pole construction with bamboo and it's used all over the global south. But what we do is we turn them into little slats that make veneers that then make panels. And that process is pretty new. And so there's still a lot of inefficiency in the process and there's a lot of waste in the process. And So what we're doing at Bamcore, we actually have a grant from the Department of Energy, their advanced research projects agency. It's called ARPA. They have a Hestia program that's all, all about developing technologies that reduce embodied carbon in buildings and transform them into these net carbon storage structures. And one of the innovations that we got from this grant or one of the innovations that we're pursuing, I should say, is to find ways to extract and utilize more of the bamboo comb, more of the fiber and reduce that waste. Much of it is often left in the plantation when it's harvested. And so that's bamboo. Eucalyptus, there are eucalyptus um, plywood products. They're less common. Typically eucalyptus is used for pulp and paper and fuel for energy. And there's aspects of eucalyptus that make it harder to process. The one that I think is easiest to understand is how the tree grows. So you can think most pine species, you know, spruce, fir, the ones that are used in plywood, they grow very straight. And eucalyptus tends to grow sort of in a curved manner. And so that makes processing it and peeling it a lot harder. You have more breakage. Um, but there's research that's coming out that is finding ways to get around these by, you know, harvesting it earlier, for example, letting it mature less. Um, lots of other processing techniques that are just now coming online to make it a more efficient process.
0: Wonderful. I, I, it's incredible to just learn about the, uh, the different ways that uh, these materials are harvested what is the biggest misconception that your general customer has about bamboo and or eucalyptus?
1: Yeah, I think certainly for bamboo, it's it's not a tree, it's it's a grass, as I said. Um, you know, there are other aspects of bamboo. You know, Michael, you actually had a, a funny anecdote about the bamboo growing outside of your house. My dad actually tried to plant bamboo outside of his house. And there, little did he know, are two different categories of bamboo. There's the invasive kind, and then there's the clumping kind. I don't know which one you have. I hope it's the clumping kind. That's the kind that we at Bancor use. But the invasive kind has a very extensive root system. He planted it, and it went into his neighbor's yard, underground in the streets. They had the drill and and put flames to it to kill it like it was a total mess and so I think that there is um you know a a misconception about the different kinds of bamboo it's just not well understood in this part of the world and so that's bamboo certainly for eucalyptus one of the biggest misconceptions is about its water usage it's known for being a water guzzler Um, But when you take a closer look at it, it's actually really efficient in its water usage. So when you compare it in terms of water consumed with biomass grown, it's actually one of the most efficient trees and even agricultural crops in that regard. And because it has a lot of water consumption in its early years, when that initial growth is really rapid, it's used, as I said, for a pulp. And paper and these are short rotations so they'll grow for four to six years and then they'll cut it and then it'll grow for four to six years and cut it and they'll have this immense amount of water use just constantly happening so that's another benefit that we predict will happen when you start lengthening the rotation cycle to be used for things like saw timber we're hoping that this perception or bad reputation of eucalyptus as a water guzzler we think that it may start to subside because the growth kind of teeters out towards the later years, and it's not consuming as much water.
0: What What is the type of process that is used? And can you just elaborate a little bit on, and if there's anything that obviously you don't want to, uh, to discuss in terms of processes that might be specific to your company, uh, please feel free to not talk about those things that might be IP related or whatnot. But if you can just tell the audience a little bit about the process of, of breaking down and utilizing it.
1: Bamboo, as I said, it's, it starts with a whole comb and you cut it into sections and then within its combs are hollow. And so around the rim, you have little pieces that are a couple inches, maybe thick in diameter and you cut those up and you make tiny tiny little slats and those slats are then glued together to make sheets or veneers and then those veneers what we do is we take them and we glue them to a plywood core and then that's how you make the bamboo hybrid panel that we currently have in our prime walls our generation 3 panel for eucalyptus it's very similar to just traditional pine plywood um we have these these sheets of eucalyptus that are glued um, in an alternating fashion with again a plywood pine core. And there are special layups that we have worked with with our mills that increase the, you know, the load bearing capacity and the shear strength of these panels. Those are proprietary that we work with our mills to figure out what the best combination of layup is. But particularly for eucalyptus, it's pretty common to just traditional plywood manufacturing.
0: So what kind of buildings are we talking about when you talk about construction materials? And then can you touch upon any certifications or standards that your products have to adhere to?
1: Yes. So our prime wall is code compliant up to five stories. So what that means in the U.S. is it's primarily used for residential buildings. It can be used for commercial we are currently have an in market or in development product called mass timber bamboo or MTB and you can think of that as a mass timber or a CLT equivalent and what that's going to do is it's going to help us get into mid-rise and high-rise buildings and that is you know going to be used in conjunction with unfortunately concrete and steel But the benefit of using MTB is that it's thinner and lighter, so you can use less of those other materials, and that will eventually decrease the carbon footprint. In terms of standards and certifications, particularly as it relates to bamboo, there aren't any sustainable forestry supply chain certifications yet. We are starting to work with our suppliers to develop those um, because generally speaking, the bamboo supply chain just doesn't exist, particularly for timber bamboo. You can have it for a lot of these other low-value, short-lived products, think like kitchenware and you know clothing and things like that. But for timber bamboo, it, it largely speaking doesn't exist. So we're working with our suppliers to develop those certifications, and then we've just completed our first life cycle assessment of our prime wall. It's going to be published hopefully by the time this podcast is out and the accompanying EPD environmental product declaration is going to be published on our website. And that really breaks down the carbon footprint of our product. So it starts with, or it's contained within the product stage. So that includes the harvesting of the material, the transport to our facilities, and then the manufacturing of it, all that embodied carbon. It's called a one through a three, the product stage. And hopefully that will be you know published soon and people can read more and, and sort of dig into the details of the environmental impacts of our product.
0: Five Stories is actually pretty impressive. I mean, that's that's <laughs> not that's not a small structure. I mean that Charlie, that would basically cover any building, any new construction here in Santa Barbara. Anything.
1: Yeah, 80%, yeah, 85% of all US buildings are low rise residential. They're not low rise residential, but low rise. And yep. so that was the that was the initial market that we decided to go into. However, the ESG pressures are actually higher when you think about building skyscrapers for office buildings for these big corporate, you know, um companies. And so that's the reason for MTB is we need to tackle both, but really the the sustainability impact is higher in low rise.
0: Tell us your favorite success story.
1: Sure. This is hot off the press, it actually happened two days ago. So so we've spent a lot of time talking about the materials. As I said, we're changing the materials and we're changing the methods. And I can get into lots of detail about how we're changing the methods, but the best way to summarize, I think, is um, our patent pending methodology called LOBIC, and it stands for Load Optimized Biogenic Industrialized Construction. And there's a number of innovations in there that get at the heart of changing the way we build and the panelized system and fiber optimization. But two of the most important components that relate to this success story are our factory fabrication. So we cut to millimeter accuracy every single panel. We say that we sell jobs, not panels because every window, every door, all the outlets, they're all cut out and then delivered. And then the other is ease of installation. And so we have lots of different innovations, including printing actual installation instructions on the panels. We have a digital platform that people can access on the job site that tells them where everything goes. And it's a really easy and simple process. And the huge value proposition of building with Bamcore is faster construction. And so a couple of days ago, we completed a pilot it was a single family home and they completed all of the structural load bearing elements in one day so that's all of the exterior walls the structural framing and the truss that was all in one day you can think usually that takes four days and so that was something that our team you know had had yet to see um you know sort of having all the stars aligned to get us to complete everything in one day but it was it was really um, amazing to see sort of the art of what's possible and how we can be changing construction to be more efficient and faster. This was just the first one. We are just getting going, and so thinking about all of the time and labor and cost savings, even carbon savings that can happen by having faster construction. It was it was um, it was a nice moment to see. We were all cheering at our desks.
0: That's amazing. But- Wonderful. It was amazing.
1: <laughs> I don't know if people appreciate it as, as much as I do because I, you know, work at the company, but I am to <laughs> the construction industry. And so I've had to learn all of this stuff. And yeah, it's it's mind blowing.
0: Yeah, I think once you start learning about what is industry standard and then you can see innovation really come in and start changing things, you start to get an idea of what the future can look like. So what do you see as the future? Uh, that bamboo and eucalyptus will play in the role of sustainable living and building construction?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest impact that we can have is actually outside of the U.S. Um, Success for bamboo and eucalyptus will be having it being leveraged in the places where it's grown. Those are the places that, one, need it the most. So you can think about construction in what I'll call the Global South is primarily concrete and brick and these high embodied carbon materials. Um, it's it's almost sort of a taboo to have, you know, a wooden house. There's a lot of cultural and perception elements of, of using wood that need to shift. But if we can get there and use these materials in the place that they're grown, that's really where they can have the biggest impact. It's it's a really global solution and that's why we love it. We started in, in North America because that's where we are and that's where you know, timber construction is most prevalent here. But um, the future of these materials really is in the places where they're needed most. If you think about where the biggest increase of population and urbanization and thus demand for structural materials is gonna happen, that's in the global south, it's not the global north. And so these two materials in particular, bamboo and eucalyptus, they're actually fantastic for solving for this timber supply and building stock demand conundrum. We can actually be using these materials where they're grown, where they're needed most, instead of growing them in the, in, you know, North America and Europe and then shipping them to where we want them to be. That's not the most efficient way to, to, to have this. And so success for these two materials is really going to be plurif- proliferation in their local communities and countries and
0: regions. How can our audience learn more about your organization?
1: Certainly. So we have a website, BamCore.com. That is definitely the best way to go and check out. Our resources, we have a ton of thought leadership in this space. We published a white paper called Carbon Farming with Timber Bamboo in 2019. And then just last week, we published another white paper about eucalyptus sort of making the same case. And so there's lots of good content on our website. And then certainly LinkedIn, follow me, follow Bamcore, Connect. We have a really great chief marketing officer who's pushing out new content and um, so yeah, those are probably the best ways to to follow us.
0: <laughs> those nineteen ways are the some of the ways we can go. <laughs> <ahead>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll put we'll put some links in the show notes, and um, it's been really fantastic. We really appreciate you t- spending time with us today, and I know our listeners uh, will be really intrigued to to learn more.
1: Thank, yeah, you. thank you, thank you guys for having me. I was surprised because I know your backgrounds are more digital and so i love that you're bringing the 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 atoms to your show instead of the electrons
0: i'd love that i'd love that we're gonna put that on a (laughs) t-shirt please do thank you so much kate have a wonderful rest of your day
1: thank you you guys too
0: to learn more about today's guest we'll include all links in the show notes this episode was made possible by riviera ai a sustainability data company that puts all of your ESG and net zero data into one screen. To learn more about Riviera AI, visit www.riviera.ai. Until next time, thank you for joining us on The Climate Imperative.